0: This is episode number 803 with what it takes to be a champion. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur, and each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Mia Hamm said, true champions aren't always the ones that win, but those with the most guts. Today, we have an incredible episode with the greatest female athletes and champions to share their wisdom on how to be a champion in your life for anything that you're working towards. And you've heard of these women before. People like Maria Sharapova, who's a world-class tennis player, five-time Grand Slam champion, She's a medalist in women's singles at the 2012 Summer Olympics in London. Model, author, entrepreneur, and a powerhouse. We've got Katrin, David's daughter, who's a legend in the fitness and CrossFit world. A CrossFit champion, a fittest woman on the earth in 2015 and 16. Inspiration to so many people. Michelle Watterson, an MMA fighter and a UFC Ranks in the top of the UFC, anthem weight, and one of the best fighters in the world. Sasha DeJulian is a champion rock climber who has won the world championships for female overall. Plays silver in bouldering world championships, brawn in the duel, and is a three-time U.S. national champion. Such a powerhouse. We've got Brooke Enz, who's an elite CrossFit athlete as well. Entrepreneur, social media fitness icon. The Bella Twins, Nikki and Brie Bella, WWE superstars and former diva champions, having debuted as a wrestling tag team in 2007. Massive social media following, brand, reality show, and so much more. Emily Sky, who is a health and fitness expert with over 14 million women worldwide worldwide having helped transform their lives with her signature workouts, meal plans, and 24-7 support. And Danica Patrick is the most successful woman in the history of American open-wheel racing. She's broken barriers and set records in her victory in 2008 Indy Japan 300 is the only win ever by a woman in the IndyCar Series race. She's Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People list, She's got her own clothing line, entrepreneur, and inspiration. In this interview, we talk about the difference between being good enough and great enough. Powerful advice from all these superstar athletes and coaches. The lessons behind respecting your opponent and losing. Why negativity won't get you anywhere. Stepping into your greatness by being okay with being yourself. Why learning the hard way is sometimes the best way. I know that too much. Top tools on getting over insecurities, how to condition your mind against extreme pressure, and so much more. I am so excited about this, guys. Make sure to share this with your friends. Tag me. Tag the ladies in this episode as well on your Instagram stories or on Twitter or on social media. Text a friend, lewishouse.com slash 803 on what it takes to be a champion and lessons from some of the world's greatest athletes. Whether you're searching for a home to buy or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin's got you covered. You can favorite homes, share listings with others, and even schedule tours with a local Redfin agent, all in the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process. They know how to help you win the right home at the right price. So download the Redfin app to get started today. weeks head to netsuite.com slash greatness netsuite.com slash greatness again head to netsuite.com slash greatness without further ado let's dive into this episode on what it takes to be a champion
1: it's funny a lot of people ask me where um because one of my greatest strengths is that i i come on the court and i feel that i have a mental edge against my opponents and you do i do yeah. Why do you think that? I just do. I And what I does just... the mental
0: edge mean? That you're mentally tougher, smarter, more determined?
1: Um, I don't want to use the word smarter. I think there are a lot of right, right. in order to be a professional um athlete and to be at the top of a game, I mean, you have to be pretty smart. Right, you have right. to be you have to be talented, you have to be a hard worker. Everyone is. Yeah. Everyone is all those things. What's... There's no one that doesn't work harder. Oh, or... Of
0: course. They want to be there, yeah. What's the edge then? I just
1: really want it. I I really I think I, I, you wanna I want to win. I want to win and, and I hate to lose and I, I, I don't like giving up.
0: But so do a lot of the, um, the top 10 people are probably all.
1: Well, I think there's, yeah, I'm not sure. You just I, think
0: you want it more. I
1: think there's, there's a difference between showing up and playing, you know, to, cause we have, you have a lot of different tournaments. You have Grand Slams, which is, obviously the the, the biggest. biggest tournament, and then you have tournaments that are somewhere in Europe or in the middle of of Asia that are smaller tournaments um but you still you can't just show up you have to show up and compete i don't I don't believe um you know a lot of people say that just by showing up that's something I'm not quite no. sure that's that that has that mantra has never worked for me (laughs) i'd rather not show up (laughs) It almost be a waste of time in many ways um especially in my profession just by showing up doesn't get me anything
0: i mean how are you so driven and why to win and and strive to be the best still like why because
1: i love i love the sport i love the sport i love the feeling um I think also selfishly uh, as a woman, it's just, it's a really good feeling to feel good at what you do. To feel strong and powerful and, um, and just good at it and, and, and know that there's by working on it that you can be better. Mm. That's just, there's nothing else that where I feel that, Yeah, you know, cool. I'd love doing other things, but I, right. when I'm on the court and I, even when I'm rusty or even when I don't get to a ball, which is a lot of times, <laughs> it's like, oh, that chocolate I ate last
0: night. <laughs> <time." laughs> Thanks, like
1: Exactly. Um, and you know, I eat a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. I eat a lot. So yeah, I just... I love the feeling of getting better. Um, I love that challenge and there's nothing winning. uh, I mean, winning is a, in tennis is, is a spur of the moment. It's not, it's like that final point and that emotion that you don't get with anything Anything else. else. It's not like, I get it. I guess your success is in your own hands. Mm -hmm. It's not in the hands of anyone else. Yeah. You know, like you have a team that, that you build and that helps you get to, to get you to walk to center court and yeah, then you walk out there and, but then it's you. So, that's it. and if you lose, you know, or you win, it's on you. Yeah. And mm. that's, I love that. I love that pressure.
0: Mm. So, yeah, you can't get anywhere else.
1: No, not, I haven't found it yet. Yeah. So
0: <laughs> I hear you. Do you have any regrets for your career of like starting too soon or not going to school or, Relationships or anything like that? Is there any regrets along the way?
1: Um, I don't want to use the word regrets. It's a pretty strong word. Mm. The one thing I, I, well, one thing I do regret is not learning more languages when I was young.
0: How many do you know now?
1: Two, Russian okay. and English. But I wish that I would have learned yeah. more languages. You pick them up so well when you're, when you're young. Um, and I think it, especially in today's growing, mm. just growing society and, and world, um, it would be, Really great to know more languages. Yeah, that's one thing. Um, as far as other things in my career, um, I don't know, or relationships. I think I think when you talk about career and relationships and regret, I think you know, people you talk about balance a lot, like mm. that kind of strive for balance. Yeah. Um,
0: How do you do that? Because you, I don't, because
1: I don't, I don't. There's no balance.
0: Right. I don't. It's full on for your. Well, I don't think
1: there's. I don't think balance exists. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's ever 50-50. Right. I think if you're, if you're 50-50, then you're just 50% at one thing and 50% at another thing. And is that good enough? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. It's not in my, not in my opinion. Right. Um, it can be good enough. Right. Which is, I know a lot of people that, that do it and, and that's, that's their good enough. That's their great. That's, yeah, it's Um, what they want. It's what they want. And that's what, and, It just has never worked for me. I don't feel fulfilled. I don't Mm -hmm. feel that I'm getting the most out of myself when I'm just
0: 50-50. What do you think it takes to be the best in
2: the world?
3: Everything you got. If you're not giving it everything that you have, I always think this. I remember everyone likes balance, like talking about balance. So you need this and you need that and you have this in your life. And I always felt very conflicted because that's not what I wanted. And I remember... Ben was having a presentation once, and it's the first time I ever heard anyone say champions don't have balance. Mm. And I was like, "He's right. If it's not right or wrong, for most people, it's probably the right thing to have balance. Right. But if you want to be the best in the world at something, you just can't. Because if you're spending, you know, if you're spending your time on something other than your craft." or something that, other than something that's not going to make you better, someone else is spending their time on getting better. Yeah. And I always think that someone else is going to be spending their time, so I better be doing it too. Wow. And there's a time and place for everything, like hanging out with your friends and getting your nails done, but that, that has to be the right time, and when you've already put in, all, when you've slept enough, and you, when you've eaten the right things, and when you've done your training. And then sometimes it's good to get a little bit of a break, but... That has to be the right time.
2: Yeah,
1: I
3: hear you. So that, yeah, it takes everything you got and a lot of hard work.
2: The top um, three things. The
3: top three. To
0: coach someone.
3: It's focusing on the right things. You know, it's the. It's probably the, the. You can't control others or the outcome, but you can control your sleep. Make sure you get enough. That's like my number one to recovery sleep thing: is is sleep. If for nothing else, just like get your eight, hopefully ten hours of sleep. Every night. Wow. And it's your diet. It's it's the effort that you put into what you're doing, with whatever your craft is. It's focusing on the right things. And I feel like when you do that and you focus on the things that you actually can control, I feel like your mind is like, it's like, it's like a windshield wiper. You just see things clear. And you're not constantly, like, fussing about little things or getting aggravated. Like, if you can change it, just change it. And if you can't, and then and move on, you know. And you're not... I don't know. It, it at least gets my mind so much clearer. I think number two is probably focusing on details. I think there are so many little things that you think are little things, you know, like that little accessory thing at the end of your day that you could just skip or, you know, just having that one cookie. You can just have that one cookie or, you know, watching like one more. Cookies. Yeah. <laughs> don't we all? And then, you know, watching one extra episode at night, because mm. it's like it's only only one more, but you're Gosh, losing Netflix. that hour. Of, yeah, you're losing that hour of sleep. It's mm-hmm. washing your hands, you know, so that you don't get sick. Because a sick day, you know, can set you back a couple of days. It's it's taking care of all the little details that seem so little in the time, and they're like, oh, it's just 1%, or 1%. But they're really quick. 1% add up really fast to so yeah. something that's really big. Yeah. And the third thing is mm-hmm. relationships. It's developing great relationships around you. And I see that with the way that he treats his family and his friends and 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 who he coaches. It's like you create a great life with the relationships that you create around you.
4: I think you have to have a really strong, genuine, deep confidence. Like it has it has to be like deep in your core. It has to be unshakable. You know, you so you can't
0: doubt yourself at you all. You can't
4: doubt yourself at all and you have to you have to be two steps ahead of everybody else. And
0: um, What does that mean?
4: Cuz there's so many like different things that go into fighting. You know, it's not just physical. Of course it is obviously. You have to be physically ready. But once you surpass that, once once you you guys are all on the same level physically, then it becomes a mental game. Are you mentally sharp? Can you deal with the media? Can you deal with all the outside noise? Can you deal with all the inside noise in Mm. your head? Can you deal with all of the other circumstances surrounding you as you are training for this fight? It's just so many different elements that go into it and everything has to fall into place for you to win that that one night.
0: Yeah. One moment. One moment. Change everything. Mm -hmm. What do you do to Silence the conversation that holds you back.
4: When it comes up. I take a deep breath and I tell myself confidence. And um, it just calms me. I feel like we all have that voice in our head, that like inner critic that will, in, in my mind, it's my mom, like, what are you doing, you know? <laughs> My mom is just, like, super, like, critical. And, really? like, has always—but I think it's just culturally, like, that's how they raise their kids. It's kind of like a, that negative motivation, put the chip on your shoulder, you know? But I've been working a lot with a sports psychologist, and he explains it to me in a way that, like, the same emotions you get when you're fearful— are the same emotions you get when you're excited. We just perceive them differently. So anytime I do get nervous um, or afraid or anxious, I just take a deep breath and I tell myself confidence. And it reminds me to use that energy, that nervous Mm -hmm. energy, and transform it into... Good energy, energy that's going to feel me, energy that's going to build confidence within me and energy that's going to allow me to use it for towards my benefit.
0: too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app state farm lets you do things your way so when you need help protecting the things that matter most remember to say like a good neighbor state farm is there in your opinion what does it mean to respect your opponent and how can you be respectful to your opponent when you're fighting them and pounding their face in the ground
4: that's a hard one that is a hard one because I, like I said, like I'm a people pleaser. I like to. I'm not trash talker. I'm, I'm not good at. It's a fine line, and wow. I think it depends on the person. Really, there have been fights where I have given my opponent too much respect, and maybe subconsciously felt like they deserved the win over mm, me. Really? Yeah. Why? Because of their status, because of their rankings, because I knew them personally. And that's hard. You have to shelf that. You have to shelf that. You have to say, I respect you. But at the end of the day, you and I are both getting in here to take each other's heads off. And if I don't get into the cage to do that, then I'm doing you a disservice.
0: You're doing her a disservice.
4: Yeah, because wow. I'm not giving her my hundred oh, percent. You know, wow. I'm not giving her my my true warriors. I'll like take when, it easy on you. Yeah, today. like when you're like playing with your little sister or little brother, and they tell you no punching, so you you know you just you kind of like scale it back. Like mm-hmm. you're doing your opponent disservice service when you when you do that, and that's how I've had to look at it. I've had to look at. I've had to take my opponent out of the equation. Like
0: your feelings for them, yeah. your care for them, your.
4: Mm-hmm. I had to go into the octagon and tell myself that I deserve to win because I've put in all the time. I've put in all the work, Mm -hmm. you know, and whatever happens after that happens.
0: How do you stay focused when it's like, okay, I'm about to climb this next step, but it's it's a scary moment, like, yeah. like this, I don't know, there's uh, uneven footing, or
5: yeah, no, and that's oh, there's a good nothing,
0: question. have there ever been a place where you're a thousand feet up and there's nowhere to grab?
5: Yeah, I mean, sometimes you um, you encounter parts of a climb that you don't think are physically possible for you, and you a lot goes into like kind of whittling down all the little pieces and trying out different ways that you can find a solution.
0: Because you'll try it and you'll fall a bunch. Yeah. A few feet or whatever.
5: Yeah, exactly. And you keep, like, pulling back on. No way. Trying something else. Fall. Pull back on. Try and find, like, a little credit card size, like, protrusion in the rock to, like, dangle off of. And then if that doesn't work, then you either, like, just keep banging your head on it or, like, train harder and return. Um, What
0: happens if it doesn't work? Do you just go back down?
5: Yeah, sometimes. Shut
0: up. See me like a thousand feet in the air. Yeah,
5: you could be like I can't do this right now.
0: And there's fifty feet to go. Yeah, if you can literally
5: you. be stopped if you're like on like a three thousand foot climb. You can be stopped by six feet because like if something doesn't go, if you can't physically do it a move, then that can be like the end all. But I think a lot of what climbing taught me is like there's often a solution. You just have to kind of like open your mind up to different possibilities and. A lot of climbing, what's so intriguing about the sport physically to me is that it can be the smallest difference in body positioning that makes all the difference. So it's like a very upper body, um, hand strength oriented sport, but you're really using your entire body like your core, your hips, and normally the driving force. You've ideally like using your footwork really well because you have to balance on like tiny little nubbins and shift your weight and allocate so that you can. Um, exert enough force to move up the wall. I really do believe in listening to the universe, and I think that if you open yourself up to what the universe is trying to say to you, then there's this timing and process to life that makes sense, if you let it, it make sense. So everything in my life, I mean, I feel like when I look back, I'm like, oh, that makes sense, the timing or the situation that that negative experience led me to a positive experience. It's kind of interesting. Like, I think that makes me less anxious if I just trust the process. Even right now I have this air boot on because I have a fractured fibula. And it's like, when I did that, it was after, I mean, I was training for the New York City Marathon and I was on a climbing trip through Europe and then Jordan and then back to Europe. And so I had this pain in my leg, and I was like, I don't know why my leg is so painful, but I'm just going to keep charging on. And I was, like, hiking with a heavy pack and climbing and...
0: And run, training for running. And tra- yeah,
5: training for the marathon. Like, not listening to my body. But then I got to Germany, and I got an MRI, and I learned that I had a stress fracture. So I was like, oh, good thing that my pain tolerance isn't negligible, at least. Yeah. But then with... I was given this air boot, and I arrived to this series of, like, conference in Miami with the International Women's Forum. And I had all of these kind of, like, blossoming business ideas that I needed to be in one place to actually, like, take advantage of and organize, I think, just, like, give my life a little room to breathe and be home and get grounded again. Yeah. So then I saw this air boot as, like, life's way of saying slow down and listen to your body and just be still. And I think now I'm in a much healthier mindset than I was when I was like not stopping traveling because I was like on the road for like about four months straight um, up to this point of like, okay, now you're going to like... Chill. S- yeah. like One point Come inward and get your life. Just like let it chill a little. Be home. I was at a place where I needed
6: to... If I wanted to be better, if I wanted to be better than I ever could have been, I needed to work through this stuff. Like, I needed to tear the walls down. Mm -hmm. I think to a certain point, the the walls I had built or the things I had, the lies I had told myself so I could, like, get through a day without thinking negative thoughts about myself probably really helped me get to a certain point. But to become anything more or better or bigger than that, I had to deal with them, and that's kind of what happened.
0: How would you deal with them?
6: Well, I read a book, well, one, talking to people that I really trusted. Yeah. The thoughts that I have, instead of just keeping them inside because I'm embarrassed about them, saying them out loud to someone that I trusted so they could, one, when you tell them to a friend and they look at you are like, it is, you know how ridiculous that sounds, <laughs> yeah. right? But then also, too, sometimes you say them out loud to yourself and you're like, oh, that sounds way dumb. So a lot more of that. And then I read a book from Brene Brown, Daring Greatly. Yeah. Literally promote that book to, like, everyone. She's amazing. Yeah. And that— was probably the book that really helped me decide how I could start sort of mending things moving forward and realizing that we have, like, all of these moments that you can always just make a change. Like, I'm feeling all these things, and I've been affected by what people have said about me, and I knew that I wanted to feel better and change and And uh, move on and move forward and grow from the experience. But for some reason, it was almost like I was waiting for this moment where it was like, well, now you can. Right. But in reality, it's like you have a million moments.
0: Yeah. Every moment we get to decide. And
6: you just get to make a choice.
0: And that's the challenge, I, fit, I meet with a lot of people who don't believe in themselves, or yeah. they don't think they're ready, or they don't think they should be in the position they're at, or they have this imposter syndrome. And every moment, like you said, we have, a, we have an opportunity to decide if we want to continue to tell ourselves negative things, or say something positive that we do belong, or we are good enough, or we're here exactly where we need to be at the right time. And a lot of people, I think, struggle with accepting their greatness, or accepting the success they're getting. And it always frustrates me why we struggle with that, because we should be stepping into it more and more to inspire other people. Mm -hmm. And when we constantly say negative things to ourselves, it just holds us back and holds other people back. But like you said, when we start to talk about it with friends, that's when we realize how stupid or ridiculous it may be. And so sharing these things more with people and not just holding it in is what's gonna help us move forward, so I'm glad you started doing that.
6: Yeah, I mean, it really started to make a difference in one, it's like in relationships, Mm -hmm. in in my training. And it really was just me realizing that the only person that was holding me back was myself. Mm -hmm. And really helped me realize that like, I don't have to give power, not only I do not have to give power to my negative thoughts, but I don't have to give power to strangers' thoughts. Like people say dumb stuff all the time. And if you don't like the way I look or you don't like the way I dress, it still doesn't affect the fact that I'm still gonna go and be successful. And I'm still gonna go and be the person that I'm supposed to be, even if you don't like me.
7: No matter what it is you do, people are gonna love you and people are gonna hate you. Yeah. And like, you have to to be okay with that.
0: They're gonna spin things the way they want it to be for good TV.
7: Right and how the world will perceive you. Like, I don't like how she lives, or I don't like how she talks, or I don't like how she walks, or how she dresses, or I don't like how she eats her food, or I don't like how her and her sister are, or you have the opposite. I love how they are. Oh my gosh, I could relate to them. and So you just know that no matter, I could act like Mother Teresa all I doesn't want, matter. it doesn't matter. You could
0: save every tree in the world. Yes. Like, Brian, it doesn't and matter, are like, right?
7: she's so annoying. <laughs> like, she saves so many trees. Uh, right? But, you know, so that was, I think, the scariest part was just, The feeling of like, okay, I'm going to be judged constantly. And so. How have you guys handled that? In the beginning, it kind of rocks your world
2: a little bit. You're just kind of like. Because social media, you could see everything. Every
0: tweet, everything.
2: Yeah. And you think to yourself, like, don't take it personal, but it's hard not to. And like, it affects you. And you're like, this, you can't let this affect you. The person might have had a really bad day. (laughs) It's so
0: hard to think that way.
2: And, but now it doesn't at all. Now it's like, Kind of—we let everything roll off us, but at the end of the day, we're like, the whole world's not going to love yeah. you. It's think, half of it's going to hate you, half of it's going to love you, and right. that's okay. Yeah. And I
7: think everyone goes through this, and I think because of social media, and I think it's important to go through it, is you're going to go through that tough time of, like, it's okay to be upset about seeing hate about you and stuff that you feel is, un- like, not true. And I think I had to go through that period of time of where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm totally getting bullied online. This is crazy. And having those feelings of being so down because then it made me be like, wait, why am I letting these people affect me? I, one, I don't even know these people, but why am I letting them affect me? Like, this is crazy. Like, I'm proud of who I am. And you know what? If these people don't like it, then bye. Right. Like, it's crazy how much I'm learning as a. a well, you probably weren't trained
0: right? in the last right. 15 years or 20 years on how to do this. Right. So right. you have to learn on the job. Yes. Essentially.
2: Oh, yeah.
7: Oh, I've learned times. the hard
0: way many times because I wasn't trained this way either. You're just like I have this passion, this idea. I want to bring yeah, it to
7: life. Right. But I sometimes feel like I don't know if you feel this way that it's sometimes good to learn the hard way. Absolutely. Because I feel like that gives you success over time, like that long t- term success. If it
0: works from the beginning, that's not good. I think. Right. I think right. you want to struggle a little bit. Yeah. Or At least have some adversity, so you say, right. "Oh man, that's a good lesson.
2: Totally. I don't want to do
0: that again." Yeah. yeah. I think we need some of that. I totally.
2: I mean, I we've agree. had, what, two to three times where we thought maybe we shut down Birdie B? Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, you and know what's funny. You've got to be fully said, invested. Yeah. You've got to
0: be fully invested. You yeah.
2: do. Yeah, the last three years, because we've hit, we hit some rock bottom points, and Nicole and I looked at each other like, how do we, like our first time, we were just kind of led the wrong way, and we put all our apples into one person, and all of a sudden their vision was way different and tried to execute it and we were like no 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 and then all of a sudden it was like birdie beat went away
8: I knew that I'd do something good and I wanted to do something that would help other people I didn't know what it was going to be but I knew that I would have some sort of following I don't want to say fame but like some sort of people looking to me for something, which I thought was ironic because I was so insecure and so shy. But you yeah. knew that's
0: something you wanted. I
8: knew it. I knew that it was, yeah. I or knew it was going to s- happen. And it was weird because it, over here I've got this, like the ultimate of what I want to be and what I want to do. Didn't wasn't sure that what it was at that stage. And I'm down here and I thought, how can I be that though? I'm supposed to be there but I'm here now. And it just, it was a weird feeling. And then I knew that I had to start working on myself and I did reach a point where... Where I did, it was probably early to mid-20s, so it was I guess fairly late, and I started working towards making myself the best I could be by getting healthy and fit and being more positive and having some self-belief, surrounding myself with more positive people and realising what actually made me happy in life, which was fitness, obviously, and health and helping people. So that's when I started doing what I'm doing now and, and sort of building that.
0: What are some of the tools that you use when you're looking to overcome that, you know, insecurity or fear or comparison? Because I think this will be helpful for a lot of people who are constantly comparing. Yeah. To see someone like you with a massive audience, great body, great image, great everything on how you do that.
8: I think you've got to work out what makes you happy in life and what's most important to you. Is it really trying to be perfect and worrying about what everyone else thinks of you? especially on social media, if you put up a photo and people say, oh, you look great here, does that really make you happy temporarily? Yeah, you feel good, your ego is getting fed but long term, I don't think it really does and I think you need to get to a point where you do know what makes you happy and you're aware of that and you – you don't rely on that to keep feeding the happiness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But when I feel down and I've talked about this before with my followers, but when I get in my sort of down moments and I haven't had one for a while, which is a good That's thing. That's great. But um, last year I had a bit of a time. I think I'd been traveling a lot and I just got really run down and everything just went to shit pretty much. It's hard uh, to keep
0: your body healthy. Yeah. And, and then your mind
8: goes and, oh, uh, I was feeling crappy. I wasn't training, which is a big thing. Getting moving is incredible. It does incredible things for you. And the, the endorphins that you get from it are really – it's a real thing. <laughs> it's a real thing. Yeah, and I hadn't been doing it for a while and I just – I didn't want to. I wasn't motivated. And I thought, how can to I move, get myself – yeah, yeah, how can I get myself back there? I know that that's what changed my life and yet here I am stuck feeling shitty again. I thought, okay, well, I don't want to go to the gym because I'm not motivated to do that. How can I get myself there? So I put music on and dance around the house and I started learning hip-hop I was putting tutorials on the big screen on YouTube and dancing around the lounge room like an idiot. I was no good at it but it's not the point. That's right. I felt good. I felt happy and the music lifted my mood and I started getting outdoors outside in the the sun and fresh air and just finding that balance again and I guess grounding myself in a way. So, I could start to feel like, oh, okay, what is it? What is it that it makes me happy again? What is it that gives me life that makes me jump out of bed every day? So, I got back there and then I, I'm back on track again. So, you gotta find what, what it is that does it for you. Maybe it's reading a book, maybe it's walking, I don't know, ice skating, rock climbing, whatever. Yeah. Do something that makes you feel good again, but you gotta find your creative. Mm-hmm. And my creative for me is training and getting outdoors and talking to people and helping people.
0: Yeah, it's probably not sticking on your phone looking at Instagram all day. No, that's probably not that's,
8: gonna do it. That can be quite poisonous. I know. <laughs> yeah, Gosh. and you gotta set boundaries for yourself and yeah. restrictions.
0: There you have it, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this interview series with some of the greatest athletes in the world on what it takes to be a champion. Again, a big thank you to all the ladies who have inspired so many people around the world and for sharing their wisdom on the School of Greatness. If you want to be a hero to someone today, you can do that by sharing this episode with them. Just copy the link and paste it over a text message, post it on Facebook Messenger, Instagram DM, anywhere you want to share it. Be a hero to someone. Spread the message of inspiration and greatness in their life today. All it takes is one share. Again, let me know what you think, at Lewis House over on Instagram. Tag the ladies who you enjoyed listening to this as well. They are so inspiring, and I've learned so much from all of them. And no matter where you're at in your life, remember that true champions aren't always the ones that win, but those with the most guts. That was Mia Ham that said that. And you may not have the most talents in the world right now. You may not have the skills or the resources or the opportunities that other people have. Life isn't fair that way. But the equalizer of all of this is effort, is guts, is how much you're willing to go after what you want. Every time I step on the court or watch a game, I'm more inspired by the person with the most guts than the person with the most talent. Make sure you go out there and share yourself allow yourself to be vulnerable put everything on the line for what you want that my friend is a true champion i love you all so very much and you know what time it is it's time to go out there and do something great